love? And the normal question is, well, what is it? Volumes have been written in prose and poetry as well as countless verbalizations offered so as to define or at least amplify the idea that is love. But, you know, that being so, over the how many years, wouldn't you think that by this time we would have a finalization of a definitive definition and be able to lay it all to rest and all know what it is? But we don't, because people continue to unfold the idea, and we would not want to accept somebody else's definition necessarily. We believe, I think, each one of us on a very deep level of our being, that the answer for us is within us each individual as a as as a uh, uh, as a unique being and so we'll probably never put the definition to rest and completely continue to unfold it why is this well I believe it's because of the insight of the writer of first John who spoke the words God is love and if love then can be a synonym for God and then for us to say that we can fully define and completely comprehend the allness of God or love, yes, that's sort of audacious to say the least. But we still are faced with a question. What is it? In the writings of current day metaphysicians, um, this century, last century, the century before that, to other mystical sharings, to what now is available that it's called the Abraham material, to the Jeshua tapes, as well as so much more. Um, love is used over and over again as a synonym for God. Have you ever asked why wasn't it the word like or the word fondness or some other such word or phrase? Rather than saying that God is love, you would say, well, God is like or God is fondness. If you had an audience with the God idea who created you and asked the question, are you the essence of love? The reply might be, you say that I am. When you are at your most compassionate, tenderest, this feeling energy that you call love approaches the composite and composition of the ancient lineage of creator of which I am a part. And it would continue, I'm sure, and say, and if you would but know it, so are you. So what can we say? Well, we can say that love is the energy that moves through us whenever we allow compassion, non-judgmentalness, kindness, beneficence, and peace to fill our minds and hearts. In other words, when we reach beyond the self that we often think we presently are into the self that in truth we really are and continue to dig deeper and deeper into that. And what does love do? What does God do? It simply is, and in perpetuity, is the reality behind all things, and perpetually hangs its presence upon the trellis of life. So God is love. Remember now, we're not saying God's love as God possessing love, but God as the very idea and essence of love itself. God as love then is the energy that is always available in its fullness to move through us. We cannot see the movement, but we can see where it has been, much like wind. We cannot see wind, but we can see its effects as the leaf quivers in the morning sunlight. Where we have allowed then love to flow, love to be, 
shows forth in the effects of healing, of peace, of understanding, of compassion, and total acceptance. It says that one of them is intuition. And again, what is it? Well, it's an innate knowing, isn't it? It's an, it's an, it's an undefinable tug that translates into choices made. James Dillard Freeman's poem that is called Unity's Prayer of Protection uh, uh, speaks to love as an enfolding energy, right? The love of God enfolds us. You see, in the extended and extending universe, the cycle of creation that is extended from source to created, who then eventually must discover that they are the very essence of source themselves and create and begin new cycles over and over again, our source in a poetic way can be said to care about us, even as it was once cared about or for from its creator. Well, this means then that we are within, you and I, at any moment, an envelope of absolutely everything that we can use to make our journey replete with moments that are fulfilling, safe, light-filled, and this are fully subjugated to insights that we can call intuition. And you know, the more and more we become aware of ourselves on a conscious level as being spiritual beings living in a spiritual universe and governed by spiritual law, uh, the more we become aware of these experiences that translate into an innate knowing, this, this, this indescribable tug that translates into choices that are made. Now the latch string for intuition is always, so to speak, on our side of the moment. For God can never cease being God. Hence love can never cease being what it is, an energy that has effects one of which we call intuition. We're bombarded with it continually, and the key is opening our minds to its presence, to becoming aware of the signs, the signposts, that always people frequent our lives. The question is often asked, how can I know if my intuition is from God? Well, there generally isn't anything else other than God. We can think we can go off on tangents within us, and the, uh, uh, the ruler that we can use, the yardstick, would be one of love because we can say and know that any guidance we ever receive would never cause harm to another or ourselves or bring us our good at the good of another, the expense of another. And intuition improves with practice, of course. So, if as beginning to consciously work with intuition, in other words, I acknowledge there is this envelope of energy that surrounds me and I want more of it, when we begin to consciously work with it and we receive what we think to be an undeniable tug toward a certain choice, and, and it really doesn't matter, then follow that thought. For the more we prove to ourselves the workings of the law, the more aware of the process that we will become. So take that different road home if you feel so led. Uh, uh, make that telephone call, send that card, speak that word. In others' lives, this manifest expression of love called intuition has 
been heard and planes have not been boarded and roadway catastrophes have been avoided. Unity often calls love the great attracting force within the universe. Gravity is a function of this aspect of God as well as relationships that feed and nourish. Then, would it not be natural to know that staying more and more centered in love will bring to pass access within our lives to a pool of knowing that translates into greater peace, safety, abundance, healing, and joy. Joel Goldsmith, metaphysician, author, writer, speaker, wrote a book entitled Man Was Not Born to Cry. And that has always been a banner truth for me. You were not created to grovel. You were created to soar, not to cry, but to laugh, not to fear, but to exude courage. And as an avenue, say, is, is ideas that are so closely interrelated and maybe we can move more within the circle of love that holds them all together. Meditation over the years has been a thought that has been scary to some and it still is in some circles for they don't know what it is and they think of it as a kind of woo-woo activity and they don't want to have anything to do with it. Unity people for the main have grown past that thinking. But what is it? It's a word and it's a blanket word for a process of more deeply attuning oneself with the truth of their oneness with God. And if I say oneness with God, I am meaning oneness with the actual energy, presence, identity, whatever word you choose, oneness with God. It is clearer and clearer to me in my journey that we are each the downline, fully invested clone of our source with the same obligatory responsibility to learn how to create on cosmic levels. This is in reality who and what we are. And if we have lost sight of it, that's okay because it's a temporary losing of sight and it but awaits awakening. So then within this, what is meditation? Well, it's a kind of contemplation of who we are. Knowing who we are, many people, we nibble at the idea, we walk around the periphery and, and we proclaim, my how wonderful it is, and all the while yet thinking, but if it were only true. As Eric Butterworth has said, we have taken our window into God reality, into our reality, and instead of opening it and walking through it, we have made of it something to worship until it became opaque with the smoke of incense. We decorated it with icons and learned to genuflect before it, but not walk through it. Now, God doesn't need nor ask for groveling, for genuflecting, or icons. God becomes truly fulfilled. Listen to my words. God becomes truly fulfilled when we realize who and what we are and take on our place in the unfolding drama of creation. To claim we are sinful or unworthy or diminished seeks to place this same stigma upon God herself. And that is impossible. So meditation is contemplation of who we really are, the essence of love itself. It is quieting the mind, learning to focus thought toward awakening. You know, dear God, Reveal to my willing and open mind the truth of my being, my truth of my oneness with you as you. 
Some say that a certain posture is imperative. Techniques are vitally important. Well, maybe initially, but continually, I don't think so. So whenever the mind is turned, as it were, Godward with a feeling of thankfulness and even awe, we are contemplating truth. If times are set aside for the need of a lighted candle and a lotus posturing and the contemplation of your navel or whatever, and it is your thing to do this, then it works for you. But God needs not a lighted candle nor folded limbs to entice him to reveal more of who and what anyone is, anyone seeking truth. Now, if one thinks that it does, then it's a self-imposed necessity for them. But what this can do is to impose conditions that sometimes aren't always available, and hence the wisdom in learning to contemplate with just the mind and the heart wherever we are. Then the author moves to the subject of prayer, and of course this begs the initial question, who, what, where, why, and what does love have to do with all of this? I've always enjoyed a good analogy that I use with prayer, and, and, it is, and it is the workings of a radio. Without getting technical this morning, let's just talk about AM radio, not FM or any of the other frequencies. Amplitude modulation, AM, as an example. Now, all energy is vibrating at a certain rate. We know that. This plastic is vibrating at a certain rate. The flowers, the, the cells within them, the atoms are vibrating at a certain rate. So all energy is, and if we put an instrument similar to an oscilloscope on the output circuit of an AM radio transmitter, we would see a sine wave. You've all seen the instruments that show that. It moves, and that is what is being generated with a radio, with an AM radio. Now, with AM, the information of voice or melody is placed upon, laid upon this generated frequency that is then received and interpreted by a radio, car, or home. We don't hear the carrier wave frequency sound. That's been filtered out. But what we hear is what was laid upon it. Now because we are the very energy of our Creator, we are always transmitting. We're transmitting with thoughts, combined with attitudes, beliefs, and feelings, and we are sending forth these continuous energies unique into the universe, or what I reference sometimes as central carpentry and casting. Said another way, we are always praying. We are always broadcasting a carrier frequency, but what we are laying upon it is often a mishmash, a haphazard mixture of word and image and feeling, which then forms consciousness, which in turn becomes our life, because our life right now is exactly what we have requested as we have sent out into the universe. We have prayed it into being. So if we can use the term spiritualized prayer, the higher usage of the energy is when we purposefully place or lay love upon the carrier frequency and this is to say, whenever we are tuned in more and more to the nature of God herself, meaning imagery, words and thoughts, light-filled, peace-filled, abundance-centered, this is praying with the thoughts of God 
and because it is resonating with the energy of God and not something else that is less it more quickly fulfills the purpose and the outcome and the desire so prayer isn't for God prayer is for us we are in charge when we are in charge of our process of thought and feeling and not just operating from an almost unconscious knee-jerk reaction to our perceptions of life it is then that we are tapping in more and more to what God is not the illusions of others or what we might have entertained at some point in time that embroils within it a belief in a God that never existed in the first place so we're always in prayer and the object or goal is to always be consciously in charge of what energies we are choosing to lay upon the carrier frequency we are always sending out into the world sometimes we have conscious moments of prayer most of us do and most of us begin with a dear God and we end with an Amen now these moments are good and then if we pro progress in our process it will eventually lead us to where we no longer have any dear gods to start with or no amens at the end but just a continual flow of love received of love sent of love received and love sent does this level of prayer heal certainly for this level of prayer only beholds wholeness does this level of prayer prosper certainly for this level of prayer only acknowledges perfect supply.